Welcome to Watch Therefore. Our Savior Jesus told us to watch for His coming, and the signs that He spoke of are all around us, shouting, Watch Therefore, and be ready. So join me, Dove Schwartz, as we learn to watch and prepare for the coming of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Welcome to Watch Therefore. We're watching for this King, the Savior, Messiah, Jesus. He's coming through the clouds for His people any moment. Every day, we are to watch and be ready. My name is Dove Schwartz, host of Watch Therefore, here in northern Israel, proclaiming, King Yeshua, Jesus our Lord is coming. Are you ready? Well, we have this platform, this program to proclaim His coming and that we can be together preparing and, and learning and, and embracing Him, Messiah Jesus, and by His Spirit and His Word, we can be changed in our inner man, in our heart, mind, and life, so we can be ready for His coming. I have a special word from the Lord's Word that is very unique and, and uncommon. I, haven't, I don't know that I've, I haven't ever heard this taught on before, so I think it's going to be a special program for our listeners today. Let's pray. Oh, Holy Father, in Messiah Yeshua's name, please bless our listeners. Bless this program. Be blessed by us being together, Holy Father, in Messiah Jesus, by your Spirit, as we listen to your word and, and embrace you in it. Thank you. Oh, Lord Jesus, help us to be ready for your coming. Amen. Well, there, there's, a, there's a special story, a, a, an account of, of what took place uh, in the life, uh, especially in the, the life of a lady who was called a Shunammite. She was from Shunam in Israel. And you find this testimony in Second Kings chapter 4. And, and so in this testimony, uh, this dear lady uh, who was childless was promised a son uh, by the prophet Elisha, or Elisha, as we say in the West. And, um, and so uh, this, this dear lady trusted the Lord, and sure enough, she and her husband were able to do something they hadn't been able to do before, which was uh, produce a child. And, and so the boy grew up, and then one day became ill, and he died, and this precious woman ran to Elisha where he was and, and cried out to him. And he, uh, with his servant Gehazi, came back to their house. There the little boy was, who had died was there. And, uh, and, and miraculously, as Elisha uh, went to this boy and prayed over him and cried out to the Lord for him, and uh, we saw literally... Uh, he was able to blow life back into this child. And this dear lady experienced resurrection life. She experienced great faith, or she demonstrated great faith. She uh, demonstrated uh, the, the uh, tenacity to hold on to the promise of the Lord. She experienced resurrection power after experiencing all this great loss of her son. She experienced resurrection power and has a real powerful testimony. And if I were to title the message I'm going to share with you today, I would title it this way, A Testimony That Facilitates Restoration. A Testimony That Facilitates Restoration. So the story's not over. Uh, and, and we see this dear lady again in Second Kings chapter 8. And I'm going to read uh, the, the whole testimony in this cha- in the, of, her, of her story in chapter 8. goes from verses 1 through Six. I'm going to read verses one and two. Then Elisha spoke to the woman whose son he had restored to life. 
Look at that term, restored to life. Uh, saying, arise and go, you and your household, and stay wherever you can, for the Lord has called for a famine, and furthermore, it will come upon the land for seven years. So the woman arose and did according to the saying of the man of God, and she went with her household and dwelt in the land of the Philistines seven years. Wow. Well, she knew that when Elisha spoke uh, the, this way, that he, he was speaking directly from the Lord for the Lord and on her behalf. And, and we know in Hebrews chapter 1, we see that those prophets in the Bible at that time spoke with the authority of God's word. And she trusted the Lord. She had learned to trust the Lord. And so immediately, she didn't ask questions. She left. Uh, she left trusting that this was going to be a, a famine for this designated period of time. So she arose and, and she did according to the saying of the man of God. And she went with her household and dwelt in the land of the Philistines. Seven years, uh, the land of the Philistines. These are these are terribly sinful people. These are these are people who worship other gods. These are people who are Israel's arch enemy, the Philistines. Oh my goodness! And there's a few things I, I want to talk about uh, here that we can we can understand from what she's doing here. And there's there's more that we could talk about. But there's three I'm going to talk about. First, I'm going to talk about uh, the loss. This dear sister and her family are experiencing the loss. They had a they had a place we see in Second Corinthians, excuse me, Second Kings four that that uh, she was a notable woman. This lady uh, probably had land. Well, we find out that she had land and crops and and and, and things. We see that in Second Kings four, but we'll also see it later in the in this chapter. Uh, this is a lady who 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 dwelt in the land of promise. Israel is the promised land, and she leaves the promised land and she goes to the land of the enemies of Israel. So she's experienced great loss at this time. And maybe you're listening today and, and, and there are, there's something going on in your heart, your mind, and your life that you're experiencing great loss. And, 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 and you are in your own, if you will, land of the Philistines. In the land of the Philistines. Remember, remember this, the, the title of this message is a testimony that facilitates restoration, even restoration to life. And and to follow Jesus, we do experience great loss. That is part of following Messiah Jesus. The Apostle Paul lost everything that he was going for. He was a man who was going to have great position uh, in Judaism. He was working his way right up the ladder. He was uh, in, in moving towards high authority. Some even would said the possibility, possibility of Paul becoming a high priest one day. Uh, in in Israel, and so he left the prestige, he left position, he left uh, all his whole life behind to follow Jesus. And he said this: he said in Philippians, the book of Philippians that he wrote to the congregation there in Philippi, he said, "I count all things loss for the excellent knowledge of Messiah of Christ, my Lord." Yes, and he considers those things that he lost to be dung compared to following Jesus. And, and, and so this life in Messiah Jesus is to die to ourselves in this life to to live the life of Messiah Jesus. Uh, the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 4 that believers in Jesus are to be always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life of Christ Jesus, yes, would be would, would come out of 
will be manifested in our mortal bodies. Yes? And, and so following Jesus is a life of great loss. But there's great restoration. There's, great, there's eternal life. There's abundant life in Messiah Jesus. And we need to remember that. So wherever you are in your time of, of loss, remember, in Messiah Jesus, there's abundant life. In Messiah Jesus, there's eternal life. In Messiah Jesus, there's restoration even restoration to life, which we'll talk about even more in a moment. The other thing I want to talk about with regard to the land of the Philistines, I want to talk about temptation. There would have been great temptation there in the land of the Philistines, temptation to compromise uh, her her identity in Yahweh, who we now know to be Yahweh the Father, Yahweh the Son, and Messiah Jesus, and Yahweh the Holy Spirit, Elohim, the God of Israel. There would have been a, 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 a great reproach and even shame uh, that would have been uh, directed towards uh, an Israeli family that didn't believe in the Philistine gods, more than likely. And, and, and so uh, there would have been temptation to compromise. There would have been temptation to sin. There would have been all kinds of temptations, worldly temptations and demonic temptations in the land of the Philistines. And, and, and so how could it be God's will for this family to be in this place where there would be temptation? Well, we'll, we'll think about this. Where did Messiah Jesus go after he experienced this great miracle uh, in, the, in his baptism? The Holy Father said to him, this is my son, my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased. And, 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 and then he said uh, also uh, that, that people should hear him, that people should listen to him. Listen, this is, this is a, a, a real mountaintop. The, the, the Holy Spirit came down like a dove upon it and rested upon him this is a mountaintop this is a great thing finally finally uh, the world will know messiah jesus is lord right so what happens next does he ascend to the throne no no does he ever in the in his life on earth at that time ascend? no he goes to the cross later on right but before that right after this baptism messiah jesus goes to the wilderness and there is tempted by the devil here's my question who led him to the wilderness there? Well, the Bible says in Luke chapter 4 that he was led into the wilderness by the Holy Spirit. He was led into the wilderness by the Holy Spirit. Yes? Is it that the Holy Spirit led him there to be tempted? No. The Holy Spirit led him there to be tested that he might become the perfected sinless sacrifice lamb to pay for our sins to fulfill all he had come to do which was to save that which was lost right and, and so uh while this dear lady is down in the land of the philistines she may be tempted but she's also being perfected uh the bible says in hebrews chapter 5 that messiah jesus became perfected he became the source of eternal salvation to all those who believe in him. He was perfected through the temptations as he passed the tests, right? And, and, and for we who are not sinless, uh, when we are tempted, there are times where we fail so we can find out where our weaknesses are so that the Lord would strengthen us in those areas as we confess our sin and repent and go forward following Messiah Jesus. The land of the Philistines is a very fruitful and productive place. And we'll find that out in the life of our dear sister. It even leads to 
restoration. And, and, and so the third thing I want to talk about with regard to her being in the land of the Philistines, I want to talk about not only was it a place of, of, uh, of temptation and loss, it was a place of provision, a provision. There was a famine in the promised land at that time. And, and, and this place that she was in with her family, the land of the Philistines, even though it was the arch enemies of Israel, it wasn't a place of temptation and loss. It was also a place of provision. And, and there was the place God provided for this dear faithful lady and her family during this time, down in the, in the land of the Philistines. And there's a Bible verse I'm reminded of. It says this, Thou hast prepared a table for me in the presence of my enemies. And wherever you are, even in the land of the Philistines today in your life, there's provision. There's provision of bread. Jesus is the bread of life. Hallelujah. There's provision of the joy of the Lord, which is our strength. There's even provision for our physical needs. And and I'm going to tell you something. We need to remember, uh, many are trying to make this world our home. Many in Christ who should know better. But this is the land of the Philistines today, this world is. You don't think so? Look at the 60 million babies are murdered every year in abortion. See, that's the kind of false worship they had back then with these false gods. They would sacrifice their babies to idols. Oh, uh, think of the, of the men with men and the women with women marching under the flag, which is the sign of the covenant the Lord would make with Noah. As in the days of Noah, so will it be with the coming of the Son of Man. Oh, listen, this world is the land of the Philistines, but the Lord provides for his people, even in the land of the Philistines. I have to take a break for a second and tell you about this wonderful ministry poured out for the nations. Poured out for the nations is this incredible gospel and discipleship outreach that we have where we proclaim Messiah Jesus in the nations much of the time in Africa and also we have our church plant Calvary Chapel Beth Shalom in Texas and and we help orphans and Bible translators and pastors and oh it's just very exciting and on and on and on it goes oh hallelujah oh hallelujah for this exciting ministry so uh, you can go to pouredoutforthenations.com and as you prayerfully and, and financially support Poured Out for the Nations, you help us do our work. For example, the Uganda trip that's coming up where we're going to orphans in uh, Uganda Oh, and, and preaching the gospel and discipleship training in congregations there in Uganda. You can be part of that. You also help keep watch, therefore, on the air uh, when, you, when you give to that work. And you also help keep... Uh, provision for our family in in our work that we do uh, here in northern Israel and 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 so listen there's a lot of good fruitful things these resources are, are going for go to pouredoutforthenations.com and you can get on our monthly newsletter and find out more about what's going on with poured out for the nations and keep abreast of those things and pray every month we have our special uh, trip to Africa. You can go to watchtherefore.tv. Excuse me, our special trip to Israel. Uh, you can go to watchtherefore.tv. We encourage you to sign up for our Blessing Israeli Believers Feast of Tabernacles Israel tour. Time is coming. We'll be going to that, going in that tour very soon. Together, we'll, we'll be here in Israel traveling through the land. So sign up soon. Now, back to this special, special uh, lady of faith who has a testimony that facilitates restoration. She is there with her family in the land of Philistines, and uh, she has been told to go and get out of Israel for seven years. 
And, and, and so now she's in the land of the Philistines, and we're going to verse 3, 2 Kings 4, verse 3, and on. Uh, and so, um, excuse me, 2 Kings chapter 8, 2 Kings chapter 8, verse 3. 2 Kings chapter 8, verse 3. It came to pass at the end of seven years that the woman returned from the land of the Philistines, and she went to make an appeal to the king for her house and for her land. Wow. You know what? It's always important to go to the king. It's always important to go to the one who has authority if we need restoration. And, and, and even more importantly, it's important to go to the king with the word of God. Why does she go at the end of seven years to the king of Israel to ask for her land and property to be restored? Because the word of the Lord was there would be famine for seven years in Israel, right? So at the end of seven years, the woman returned from the land of the Philistines and she went to the king to make an appeal for her house and for her land. We need to go to King Jesus with his promises and with his word. We have precious promises to stand on that the Lord has given us. Promises for eternal life. Promises for power over sin. Promises of a witness that Jesus is Lord to come from our lives. Promises for prodigals to be restored to Jesus. Promises, promises, precious, precious promises that if we stand on those with the Lord, Lord, you promised that mountains could be moved if because of our faith. That if we ask things according to your will, <clears throat> that we will have those things. You see, we need to go to the king with these promises and, and ask for restoration. Uh, and, and so, at the same time, look at what's going on with the servant of, Ale- of Elisha, Gehazi. He was there earlier in Second Kings 4 when this lady, this woman's son was healed. <coughs> Excuse me, so here we go. Then the king talked with Gehazi, the servant of the man of God, saying, Tell me, please, all the great things Elisha has done. Now it happened as he was telling the king how he had restored the dead to life, that there was the woman whose son he had restored to life, appealing to the king for her house and for her land. And Gehazi said, My lord, O king, this is the woman, and this is her son whom Elisha restored to life. Now, Now, think about this. Think about how many times the term restored to life is here. And is it any accident that the servant of Elisha is standing there talking to the king at the very same time this lady is coming back to the king to ask for these things to be restored to her, her land and her home? No, it's a setup from the Lord. The Lord has arranged this and he wants to restore folks. He wants to restore us. He wants to restore us to himself, and he wants to restore to us the things he has for us, our identity, our calling, the work we're to be doing full of grace and signs and wonders, the destiny he has for us. Oh, hallelujah. Now, now look at this. He says over and over, restored to life, restored to life. The Lord wants to bring resurrection power, resurrection life to the things that have been stolen from us. Hallelujah. What are those things that today you would ask for? Look at verse 6. Look at this. And when the king asked the woman, she told him. So the king appointed, and let me say this again. And when the king asked the woman, she told him. She gave the testimony of how the Lord had resurrected her son. Resurrection power, resurrection life. 
So the king appointed a certain officer for her, saying, you're going to love this, restore all that was hers and all the proceeds of the field from the day that she left the land until now. Ah! She has a testimony of how the Lord's worked in her life. She's walking with Messiah Jesus. She hasn't gotten frustrated. She hasn't gotten angry. She hasn't gotten bitter at the loss and the temptation and the testing she's had to go through. She's been faithful. She's received provision from the Lord in this place, this land of the Philistines. Now she's, according to the word of God, going to the king, asking for the promise or for the restoration of her land back. Yes, and there the Lord has for her restoration for those things. And what does it take for her to get those? The testimony, the testimony of how the Lord restored her son to her. And the king felt like this. Well, since the Lord is restoring her, I need to restore her. Isn't that something? This testimony is so powerful It's kind of like with Boaz and Ruth. Boaz heard about the testimony of Ruth helping Naomi in Israel and and was so impressed with it, he began pouring out out provision and, and love towards her, which wound up with Boaz marrying Ruth. And then a grandson later, King David comes, and later than that, King Messiah Jesus from the mother's side of the family as Miriam or Mary comes from that lineage. Oh, listen, this is so powerful. He says, restore all that was hers and all the proceeds of the field from the day that she left the land until now. It's so powerful. Listen, today I'm going to pray now for you that the Lord would restore to life the things that you're standing on and asking him, Lord, please restore me. A, A prodigal, a relationship, Restoring you to the Lord in a special new way. Things that are lost that you believe the Lord wants to restore to you. A promise or promises, a vision. Oh, Father, in Messiah Jesus' name. I ask, Father, in Messiah Jesus' name, for those who are faithful who are listening today, that you would restore unto life what they're standing on and petitioning you for right now. And, and Father, in Messiah Jesus' name, You can restore what the locusts have eaten. You restored to this precious sister all these things. Even the proceeds from the land. It was going to be in famine and there wasn't going to be any proceeds. But you restored to her the resources, the finances, as if she had grown crops in the famine and sold them. You restored that to her. Oh, Father, you do exceedingly, abundantly more than we could ever ask or think. Bless our listeners today with restoration to life. And thank you, Jesus, Lord. You have restored us. Most importantly, you've restored us to life in Messiah Yeshua. We've been born from above. You made us alive who are dead in our trespasses and sin. You've made us alive in Messiah Yeshua. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Father, in Messiah Yeshua's name. Amen. Well, I, I pray the program has blessed you today. Oh, I pray it's blessed you. And, and, and may it be said that we have a testimony that facilitates restoration. Hallelujah. Well, again, go to watchtherefore.tv and learn about the program. You can go to blessingisraelibelievers.com. 
sign up for our Israel tour and our ministry poured out for the nations sponsored this program today go to pouredoutforthenations.com as you financially partner with poured out you also help keep the program on the air and help us sponsor orphans pastors others in Africa and, and other great work that we're doing until we get together next time watch their Jesus Thanks for listening today, and please join me every day, Monday through Friday, unless our Lord Jesus returns for us this week. This program is listener-supported and depends on tax-deductible donations to stay on the air. Give to Watch Therefore and contact me through our website at watchtherefore.tv. You can also send tax-deductible donations to Watch Therefore, P.O. Box 564, Caroline, Texas, 77588. Again, by the web, watchtherefore.tv, and mail... Watch Therefore, P.O. Box 564, Pearland, Texas, 77588. You can also call me right now at 713-624-0943. That's 713-624-0943. Keep watching for Messiah Jesus.